Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from John and Jolene Hamill. I'm going to turn this over to John and Jolene. Listen, we are so blessed to have the Hamels. I'm telling you, they're a world-class couple, a world-class couple. Come on, let's stand and make them feel very, very welcome and honored tonight at Victory. Come on. Let's just remain standing for one more minute. You know, next Sunday, fire from heaven is going to meet fire from earth. And we're going to celebrate, aren't we? What is next Sunday? July 4th. You know how our founders went into battle. Holding out the resolve that is so clearly needed today. In the Battle of Lexington, there were some uh, British envoys, diplomats, who came to the, the, the fiery revolutionaries, you know, the, the Bryans and Brens of the day, and said, listen, uh, the first shots have already been Saying, we don't want to have any more challenges with you. Let's just make peace. It'll be all right. You know, we still want you to be our colonies and want you to be under the domain of the queen. But we can, and king, we can work things out so you get a better taxation deal, maybe. And they said to them, sir, we will have no sovereign but God. Declaration of Independence was essentially a decree of divorce from the dictatorial systems that had tried to enslave our forefathers and capture the blessing that God was entrusting for their own gain. And God, as in the days of Moses and Pharaoh, was saying, let my people go. Sir, we will have no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. Will you declare with me over Sarasota, over Tallahassee, over Washington, D.C., from Washington to Washington to Anchorage and Honolulu. We might as well just include Jerusalem in that. Can we declare together, no king but Jesus. And if it takes a revolution to seal the deal, then so be it. You may be seated. He always tries to run when the Holy Spirit's about to speak a word to her. So what's the Lord speaking to you? By the way, 
Brian, Bren, thank you for such a warm, warm welcome, and thank you for welcoming our friends. Uh, it's just exciting to see, and uh, we're excited to have this Glory Train experience with you tonight. I mean, how about the timing of God as we move into the 4th of July? God's bringing his glory. He's moving into Sarasota in a whole new way. I believe that. How about you? So I just want to share just a real sweet nugget that the Lord gave me today, and I think it's for Florida. Um, I was reading in the Gospels, and it was talking about the day of preparation before the Passover. And the Lord highlighted the word, the day of preparation. And he told me that Florida is in a day of preparation. Then basically, if you know about the Passover, they took the day beforehand to literally set aside everything and prepare the meal for the Passover is part of Shabbat. And if you've ever been in Israel, when Shabbat comes in every week, there is this resting that comes over the land and you literally feel like you can let down and you can breathe. Well, I felt like the Lord said to me that Florida is in a day of preparation. And the day of preparation is a time for you to rest and relax in Jesus because he's coming to Passover. There's going to be a Passover where the enemy decided that he was going to bring death and destruction and his plan for Florida. The Lord has come in a day of preparation to Passover. So I just want to declare over every one of you Lord, come and pass over your people. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that you're putting on people tonight. I thank you the blood of Jesus is going over this state. And the blood of Jesus is going to deliver you. I thank you you're going to be delivered in rest and restoration. Welcome to your day of preparation. Kind of makes you wonder what's going to be happening around Passover. What's going to be happening next spring? Here in Sarasota. You know, this glory train journey, we don't um, do anything without seeking the face of God. We don't kind of like close our eyes before a big mat, point our finger at the city. said so we should go to Sarasota because it just looks like the right thing to do or you know hey you know we we want a vacation so we'll go out to Lido Key spend a week there and come as some people are prone to do we're directed by the spirit of God and we want to remain directed by the spirit of God because the Lord gives the times and seasons and in those times and seasons you find fulfillment of destiny does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? We're going to talk tonight about redeeming the time. And the Lord's really given me a word about the glory of God and the redeeming of time. But I just want to start this thing off by 
giving you a little bit of perspective of the glory train itself. The glory train, as Brian and many others have, have shared, the glory train is the manifestation of the restoration of the glory of God to the nation and to the nations of the earth. Ezekiel saw the glory of God lift. He saw the storm cloud of God's glory lift because his people embraced idolatry. And a day came in Ezekiel 43 where he saw the glory of God return to the city of Jerusalem, coming in by way of the gate facing east. I believe that we have come to a point in the United States of America, even through this purifying time of the elections of 2020 and beyond, COVID, the elections, we've come to a place where we're letting go of our idols. Now, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. How many of you have gained fresh resolve to stand for the Lord, to see his glory? How many of you have been in a place of wanting to give yourself more wholeheartedly and fully to him? I, I believe the Lord is honoring the divorce from our historic idolatry and a restoration of covenant with him, and he is restoring his glory to this land. Back in 2014, Jolene and I were on a similar journey going up the east coast of the United States traversing what we call the geographic east gate of our nation to ask the glory of God to come. God send your glory. And the Lord gave us an amazing, amazing time. Moves of the Holy Spirit just encompassed the entire journey. We met in Fanwell Hall, Boston, the historic womb of the American Revolution. Dutch Sheets and Chuck Pierce joined us. And I'm telling you what, the angelic hosts of the Lord and even the cloud of witnesses joined us to see a new beginning released for our nation. And the Lord highlighted Daniel 7.22. We like to call it the turnaround verdict. It's where judgment is rendered in favor of the saints after the saints go through a time of intense persecution Heaven's court intervenes. Judgment is rendered in favor of the saints, and the time arrives for the saints to possess the kingdom. And from the historic womb of the American Revolution, we declared this verdict and declared it was now time for the saints to possess the kingdom, for the saints to have the overarching influence in this nation under God, for the restoration movement and the turnaround to begin. And all I could say is it was as though heaven was open. And I saw the pilgrims. Kevin Jessup is a descendant of John Robinson, the apostolic leader that sent the pilgrims forth. I'm a descendant of one of the signers of the Mayflower Compact 400 years ago. It was as though... Paul Revere and Washington and many of the, the, the founders of our nation had somehow assembled with us in a gathering. When God calls a gathering, literally, you can expect the cloud of witnesses to be on the other side of the veil 
cheering you on and worshiping the Lord and wholeheartedly engaged because they are incomplete without us. In us is the completion of the dream that they lived for and died to gain for us. And every 4th of July, that just stirs my heart. I know it stirs you too. The torch of freedom that has been passed from generation to generation. We hold that torch so carelessly. So arrogantly, we forget the price that has been paid. So anyway, after Fanwell Hall, Boston, we prophesied in the turnaround that we saw just a few years after that. And in our, the course of our lives was extraordinarily changed. We went to Virginia Beach. Our friend Chris Mitchell couldn't be with us tonight. He was ministering at his own church. He leads an apostolic center in Virginia Beach. They have Friday evening services, so that's where Chris is right now. But he sends his greetings to you. We went for a vacation in Virginia Beach. And I, I, I had a prophetic experience on the beach. I like to go on the beach and get prophetic experiences. How about you? <laughs> you know, Jolene is part Native American, and I'm a descendant of the pilgrims. So she goes on the beach and she tans, and I get red as a lobster. <laughs> and we were really tired after this journey, and so I fell asleep and got really, really red, but I woke up to the sound of a fighter jet shooting off from uh, the local air base into the skies. And I saw a vision. And in this vision, I saw a train that was moving from Virginia Beach out to San Diego, California. And this train was very unusual. It was flashing silver and gold. And in the smokestack, instead of smoke going up to the skies, there was a, what looked to be a tornado that joined heaven and earth. It was rolling down the tracks. The, the glory is often pictured again, like Ezekiel saw, as a tornado. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me the phrase, glory train, glory train. So I felt like that was our next assignment, and I didn't know what in the heck that meant. You know, I figured we we're going to go from uh, Virginia Beach to San Diego on a journey. It got a little bigger than that. It continues to get bigger. But I, I didn't really know what a glory train was, and so I consulted my rabbi. Jonathan Kahn wasn't around, so I checked with my other rabbi, Rabbi Google. <laughs> rabbi Google, maybe you've heard of him. I Googled Glory Train. And was surprised to discover 
that the last overarching word that Bob Jones, the prophet Bob Jones had was about the glory train. We are friends with Bob and his wife Bonnie and I'm I was kind of like disappointed that he didn't speak more about this glory train thing with me, but you know, he passed on on February 14th of 2014 and I, I, somehow we were invited to kind of carry out an expression of the vision that he received. So here's the vision. I'm just going to read a little bit of it. So he got caught up in a prophetic experience and he found himself on a train. How do you prophets do that? Seriously, I mean, you just kind of, you know, everybody else is just, I, I had a prophetic experience one time where, you know, we all ascended to heaven. I don't know if any of you have been in any of those meetings where you just release your human spirit to be before the throne, seated with Christ in heavenly places. And I was really excited because I wanted to see the seraphim and I want to see Jesus on his throne. I was very excited about this. And everybody else went to heaven and I went to Washington State. Can you not get these directions right? I was hovering over the shoreline of Washington State. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, shut the gates of sabotage over Washington State. I didn't know what the heck that was. What is a gate of sabotage? I know the East Gate, the West Gate, the Dung Gate. I didn't know the sabotage gate, but you know... In all of our lives, it makes a lot of sense. Sometimes this mouth of ours is a gate of sabotage, isn't it? We really need to learn when to shut it. <laughs> so I asked my friend Jason Hubbard, Jason, what the heck? Gate of sabotage. And he had tears in his eyes. He's an apostolic leader originally from Washington State. And he, he said... Washington State was the first state in the nation to legalize abortion, even before Roe v. Wade. Shut the gates of sabotage. So anyway, Bob got caught up in a prophetic experience. And he found his seat, sat down, and was wondering, where's this train going? What is this train? He said, I saw the conductor come by, so I asked him, what is this train? And he said, this is the glory train. Where are we heading? To any city that wants it. I don't know, Sarasota. Do you want the restoration of the glory of God? Is this something that you desire? I believe that Sarasota isn't just called to host the glory train, but to be a hub for the glory train, like a roundhouse for the glory train. To send the glory train all across the nation. And why do I say that? And it's, you know, just during worship, I, I began to sense the Lord speaking about the Ringling Brothers. Again, you go to heaven and I hear words about shutting gates of sabotage and I hear words about the Ringling Brothers. I don't know a thing about the Ringling Brothers, okay? But they had a train that they would load up in Sarasota. 
And they would all get on that train. And they would take the adventure of a lifetime to the little villages and major cities all across the nation from Sarasota. And there were some unusual folks there, but this guy, Ringling, he had a father's heart. He took in outcasts and made them great. And I began to be stirred about Sarasota as kind of a place where the governmental glory of God will be released from Sarasota to the nations, to the, the United States of America, where the release of God's heart and his spirit is going to penetrate through and literally bring life where the enemy has brought death. Kevin, I'll just prophesy this in. I believe it begins Passover 2022. One of the clearest words Bob talks in this thing about the restoration of the glory of God, that the glory train represents the restoration of the glory. He had some other words. He prophesied about a move of Holy Spirit that was coming that was going to marry the miracles of Exodus with the miracles of Acts. Exodus and Acts are going to marry together. Let my people go. A freedom movement that brings a covenant people out of abuse Subjugation, prejudice, defrauding pulls them out, puts them in the promised land. Let my people go. This new move of God is a freedom movement. It's a let my people go movement. Married to the miracles of Acts. When, when did let my people go finally crescendo? Passover. The ultimate let my people go was Jesus on the cross. It is finished. Now let my people go. Fifty days later. Holy Spirit came. It's recorded in the book of Acts. The glory of God was restored to the land. The Holy Spirit roared through Jerusalem for the first time in like 500, 800, 1,000 years. Ezekiel saw the glory lift. The disciples saw the glory come as a mighty rushing wind. I'm going to tell you what that trigger is, Kevin. As you move with this in this season, you're going to see, you are going to see, you are going to see, Brian, you are going to see that trigger pulled, the release of firepower pulled, and you're going to see this restoration of the glory of God. That's going to impact the nation. The glory train's going to be on the move.
Two promises were given to me in the past when I came back from death on August 8th of 1975. The first was that I was going to touch some of the leaders of the church and prepare them for the greatest harvest of all time, which would be one billion people coming to the Lord in one great harvest. And when Jolene and I first met Bob Jones, hey, it's Bob, honored to meet you. Hey, I've seen you before. No, Bob, this is the first time we've ever met. I know. I've prayed all my life to meet you ever since I came to Jesus. Nope, son, I know you. I've seen you before. Thinking in my mind, Bob, you're a little different, but I totally love you, and I don't really get it. <laughs> Bob joined the cloud of witnesses briefly on August 8th, 8-8 of 1975. And the Lord introduced him in the spirit to men and women that he would meet in the natural and he was to prepare them for this harvest. Yep, I know you. Okay, sir. <laughs> I repent now. Please forgive me for mocking it. <laughs> then I was told, this is in this prophetic experience on 8-8, I was told to get ready for I would live to see the glory return. Isn't that interesting? He, he died on... Valentine's Day 2014. Do you think God missed it with his promise? Okay, there's a seed of the glory in the earth. It's no coincidence that like six months later, the Lord spoke to us to launch this glory train journey and compel the restoration of the glory of God from sea to shining sea. I don't care who's in office. I don't care who's got the public platforms. I live in Washington, D.C. We give our all for the things of God in D.C. But this isn't about... a a president. This is about the seating of a king. This is about the king being seated on the thrones of our hearts and the thrones of this nation. And when the glory train gets rolling, it's an unstoppable train. And that train is coming to take you from where you are in God for where you dream to be in God. And it's fully loaded with boxcars full of answered prayer. Here's a warning, though. He saw the Lord pull back the glory, and he said, because people have been marketing his glory for their own lusts, their own purposes, and own plans, he was removing it. Bob said, you're leaving. The glory of God is leaving. Take me home, too. I don't want to live down here without your glory. God gave him the promise he will live to see it return. He said, we're in a time of the coming glory. We're in a time of rain. Hello. 
I mean, I got baptized twice tonight. <laughs> Just going from the hotel to the church. <laughs> Double portion baptism. I was scared to bring my menorah in because the lightning was so strong. I'm like, I don't want to play Ben Franklin here and get zapped, you know. <laughs> he says, we're in a time of rain. I believe this rain is going to be literally like what they call a ladder rain. I believe what's getting ready to take place is really the latter rain, and it will never end. I believe it is also the rain, R-E-I-G-N, of a king. I believe that we're going to begin to anoint Jesus as king, and I believe he's going to begin to reign over our hearts again, and we're going to glorify the Father. So get ready. He said, the Lord revealed to me on August 8th when I was 45 years old, I would see the promises that were given me come to pass, come into being when I'm 85. Bob, in the natural, never made it to 85. He was on the other side of the veil when 85 hit, and he felt like, I'm going to see the glory of God in the harvest fields, the harvest fields that will never come to an end going to begin to see the glory on praise, intercession, prophecy, and repentance at a level it's never been before. A glory that's ten times anything we've ever seen. And so he says, we're on this glory train, and any time you hear a train whistle, just say this in your thinking. I'm on God's glory train. My future is on this glory train, and that's where I'll abide with him. And in all my time down here, that glory train will get bigger and bigger because when it stops in the city, from that moment, that city no longer belongs to the enemy. It belongs to the Father. What is the glory train? It is a move of God that looses you to take possession of the inheritance that God ordained for you. The city no longer belongs to the enemy. That city now belongs to God. Covenant has been restored, divorced from idolatry. The way is open for the glory of God to come. Come on now. And he says this. Get ready. For entire cities to be saved. Get ready for the glory to shine at night like streaks of flames, like fireworks, where you're visibly going to see his glory. I don't know, Sarasota. What if you are being given an invitation tonight? You've brought delight and awe and inspiration to so many around the world historically, especially in this nation. What if God is getting ready to fulfill the prayers of so many saints from this region who've been laboring? What if your city's going to be saved? What if the Lord has ordained that your city be saved, that in a moment, all of a sudden, we can say salvation has come to Sarasota. The multitudes have come to him. 
The city's transformed into the image of God, hosting the glory of God. What if, Sarasota, what if? I'm just briefly share this crazy prophetic experience that brought us to Sarasota. Back in 2019, 222 of 2020. Sorry, not 2019, 2020. 222 of 2020. I had this crazy dream. COVID wasn't really yet a thing yet, if you know what I'm saying. We didn't know 2020 was going to be so difficult. But I had this dream. I was going down a highway to my father's house. Now, my dad lives around the corner in Sarasota. He moved here 10 years ago. Going to my dad's house, dense fog, and all of a sudden I see flares directing us off the highway. So I turn off the highway under this smaller road that would take us a little slower to the same place. The tracks were closed there too. Tracks to Sarasota <laughs> in the natural, the tracks to my father's house in the spirit. There were two accidents, one on either side of the highway that blocked the traffic. And I had to pull over into a rest station, a service station. And as I opened up my car to get some gas, figured I'd make the most of it, right? Forced rest. As I opened up my door, there's all of this sand pouring out from my car. Sand I did not know I had. It's the strangest thing. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about the remnant of the wilderness being cleansed from us in this season so that we can go forth across the threshold and possess our covenant promise. We can possess our inheritance. We came to rest. This was before COVID. We, the Lord spoke to us to rest and we canceled everything. I had no idea how we were going to make a living. And then COVID came and like, oh my God, now we can't go and make up for all the time that we lost because we rested. And the Lord provided in an amazing way. How many of you know how the Lord provided for you in 2020? Even miraculously in so many ways. In 2020, there were two accidents. I mean, COVID. I would say the presidential election was an accident as well. It closed down the highway. It just so happened that my dad was turning 80 on June 12th, a couple weeks ago. We decided to have a family reunion down here in Sarasota. And we're driving down here. I took a plane and then we drove. Uh, uh, driving, actually in the plane, the Lord began to speak to me. You remember the word of the Lord I gave you, the dream I gave you about your father's house? Yes, sir. On 2-22 of 2020, yes. He says, 
That word is being activated and is coming to pass in this hour. I am transferring my bride out of the wilderness and into the season of possessing your inheritance. We reached our, my father's house safely. It's the same house, the same. My son got saved here in Sarasota. After having an open vision during Christmas as we came to the house and worshiped, and my son had an open vision of Jesus calling him home. I'm going to tell you that this city is appointed for salvation. Your sons and daughters are coming home. Your mothers and fathers are coming home as this glory train comes to town. They're going to have a visitation from the Lord himself. It's not about man doing his thing. The glory of God is going to come. and He's going to unveil Jesus to them. I didn't choose this path. We're going down to my dad's 80th birthday, and he begins to speak to me that this dream that was given on 222 of 2020 is being fulfilled in your hearing right now with this glory train movement. It's activating the whole thing. And I'm 222, what the heck is that? Well, most of you, if you hang out with Brian and Bren, you know about Isaiah 22, 22, the key of the house of David being given to Eliakim. It's this guy named Shebna who was using the resources of the sheep for personal gains, slaughtering the sheep, building a monument to himself, making himself known and famous instead of Jesus. God called him to a time of prayer and fasting, called the nation to prayer and fasting. And Shebna refused to show up to the party. He didn't go to the return gathering. Didn't even acknowledge it. Return gathering of his day. God said, I'm rolling you up like a ball. I'm just going to hurl you into a far place. And I'm going to summon my servant, Eliakim. Eliakim means God of arising or God of awakening. He is a son. He's been fathered and mothered. He's a mentored, in other words. He's a son of Hilkiah, which means God of allotment or God of inheritance. And it is to him that the key of the house of David is given. The key to the dynasty of David. The key to the house of prayer. The key to the throne of David is given to this guy, Eliakim. Brian. Eliakim gives. Like that. He will be a father to the house of Judah and the inhabitants of Israel. He's going to be a father to the nation and he's going to be a father to the city. I'm going to peg him. Going to drive him like a pig in a firm place, and he's going to become a throne of glory to his father's house. 
what's on the other side of this. As you unite together and advance through this year especially, you are going to see the house of God become a throne of glory to the Father. Come on, it's going to be a place where heaven and earth are joined together. Where miracles become normative. Where the glory of God resides. Keys are being given out to unlock these dimensions. I believe even in a way that's going to impact Washington, D.C. In my struggles after the elections, the Lord gave me two keys. Gave me this little key. I'm like, what the heck is this thing? I, you know, I might put it on my necklace or something like that. It's a, I didn't really understand it until I read the It's a railroad key. I thought the glory train was over because of the political turmoil that took place, the choices that seemed to have been made. And the Lord was like, no, I'm still restoring my glory. And as a sign, he sent me this key in the mail. It's a key that goes into railroad tracks and unlocks the authority to change the trajectory of the tracks. We're going to get back on track as a nation. This thing ain't over yet. The glory train has barely begun to roll. Come on now, Sarasota. We've got a job to do. We're going to change the trajectory of the nation, even from Sarasota, even from Florida. This train is bound for glory. And Jesus will have the reward of his suffering in here, Sarasota, in Florida, and in the nations of the earth. Second key that was given is a little bigger. It's, it's a, a key that was given to George Washington. This is a replica of a key that was presented to George Washington. It's known as the Washington key given to me by a friend named Lauren Maine. Jolene and I were given this key in Jacksonville, Florida, historic covenantal well of the Huguenots. Very purposefully. And it was really a confirmation to me that we needed to stand for God's righteousness in Washington, D.C. To continue. Just in case I was wondering about running to Sarasota, <laughs> closing up shop in D.C. and just coming here. I really like the beaches here, guys. <laughs> and the Lord showed me this, how this Eliakim key, if you will, was given to Washington, D.C. from Florida. I'm, I'm just prophesying over you that God is entrusting you, Florida, with keys to set Washington, D.C. free. Yeah. 
It's not either or. God defines your allotment, Brian Gibbs. I'm sorry he didn't just give you Washington, D.C., but he gave you Sarasota. And you're being driven like a peg in a firm place here. But you're going to have a perpetual influence in Washington, D.C. You have that key. You have the key of David. You're going to open doors and no man's going to shut. You're going to shut the doors. No man's going to open. And I believe that there's tremendous tracks being laid right now between Sarasota and Washington, D.C. I'm going to say thank you to all who have supported Brian and Bren in their call to come to Washington, D.C. and impact Washington, D.C. Thank you for letting us borrow Brian because he's been such a blessing. He's been a blessing to our home group. We've had we have government officials and ministry leaders in our home group. We keep it very private. Uh, and, and they have really, Brian's really impacted them. Uh, we, we just have been nourished by the hope and the fire that Brian gives. You, you get it, you know, every week. We get to have some once in a while, right? Okay. And the negotiations there. I believe Florida is called to impact Washington, D.C. for God's glory. I'm not sure that President Trump is going to return to office. But I believe the legacy, the tracks that he laid, the pioneering forerunning expression where they said you can't do this and he goes and does it. It's revolutionizing Washington, D.C. And maybe it will be back. Who knows? I have learned a long time ago never to underestimate Donald John Trump. By the way, we wrote a book called White House Watchmen that shares some about our, our, our time behind the scenes with the White House and with the administration Uh, Above all else, it shares on the covenant pathways that will secure your future and secure your watch. And it shares about the challenges that are at hand and the challenges that are to come. And it's, I believe it's essential reading if you really want to serve the Lord and impact not just Washington, D.C. or this nation, but your sphere of authority here in Sarasota, your business, your family. There are tremendous keys for you in this book. This book shows you what a watchman is and, and kind of carves out the pathway for you to step into the higher dimension of your watchman's calling. Just one bunny trail here. In 2017, everything seemed to be going very good. It was a glorious time in Washington, D.C. And yet when I looked out from our watchman's perch, we see all of Washington, D.C. from our home. You can see the White House, the Supreme Court, the Capitol. We're right across from the Pentagon. I saw something and heard something that just made my hair stand on end. 
for a moment, it kind of looked like Brian's. Just for a moment. I'll get cool sometime, sweetheart. I'm well groomed, okay. The Holy Spirit spoke to me that by 2020, there is a series of midnight crises coming. He used the phrase midnight crises. And how we confront these crises and overcome these crises is going to become a prototype even for believers in the very end of the age. And I had no way to process that. Everything looked so good. What was going to come in 2020? Well, we saw some things come in 2020, didn't we? The good news is you have been pre-appointed by God to confront the challenges and overcome the challenges and gain victory. I don't think it's any coincidence we're here in victory, church of his presence or church of his glory, whatever you want to call this place. Because God has appointed you for victory and you're forerunners of the victory that he wants to give the rest of the nation and the body of Christ even globally. And there's going to be end time forerunner preparation coming forth from this church that's going to secure a pathway of victory for God's covenant people. Now he did give me Matthew 25, the parable of the virgins and the bridegroom. I'm a, I'm a descendant of a guy named Paul Revere. You ever hear of Paul Revere? I'm a direct descendant of the signer of the Mayflower Compact, Richard Warren, indirect descendant of Paul Revere. And if you know anything about the midnight ride, the man didn't really get going until midnight. So we're really good on time so far. He showed me that there's a midnight crisis that provokes a midnight cry from the people of God to him. Midnight crisis provokes a midnight cry. The vast majority of believers fall asleep. They're overcome with the challenges and the prayer that remains at a distance unmet. They fall asleep. But there's a remnant of watchmen who keep awake till the midnight hour and just around midnight they heard the sound of the Lord declaring the turnaround a midnight crisis a midnight cry answered by God with a midnight turnaround and a midnight cry of his own behold the bridegroom he's coming rise up to meet him And there's a breaker anointing on that cry that a move of God is about to sweep through. And a slumbering bride awakens. This midnight cry releases a midnight awakening. She begins to tend her lamp, representing passion and prayer. She lights the fire in her lamp again, representing the restoration of covenant. She goes out to meet the bridegroom in a wedding ceremony. 
And everybody gets so caught up with the romance of bridegroom and bride. I like the romance of bridegroom and bride. Don't you like the romance of bridegroom and bride? Dance with me, O oh lover of my soul. Isn't that beautiful? But take a step back. Do you see what's happening? They are going to a wedding. where Jesus is coming into covenant with his bride. It's all about covenant. Covenant unlocks intimacy. Covenant unlocks glory. That's why David had to restore the ark of the... before he could see the glory of God for his nation. And hear me. Covenant unlocks inheritance. I'm just telling you that God is giving you the keys. The key of David. Key of covenant. To unlock this dimension. Of intimacy with God personally and corporately the restoration of the glory of God and the inheritance that he has ordained for you and the inheritance that he's ordained for this nation. We can unlock that inheritance as we have that place of covenant with him restored. It unlocks the opportunity to take the nation for the Lord just like Joshua and Caleb took their nation for Jesus. We can too. I have some water beginning to sound more and more like Lou Engel here. Thank you. And that's really what I want to close with. First close, second close. I don't know what close it is. My friend Chris Mitchell has joined us for the glory train but had to go. He, he, he gets away with like 15 or 20 closes per night. I mean, it's... I mean, by my third close, everybody's mad at me and saying, come on, you know. Jolene's in the front row. Yeah, I'm going, yeah, let my people go. And Jolene's up front going, yeah, John, let my people go. <laughs> so listen, if that breaks out, just avoid... Turn your eyes from the heckler in the front row, okay? <laughs> I want to share with you an experience that was very, very sacred to me. And I don't sh share this unless the Lord is actively engaged in bringing it to pass. I'm governmentally declaring it, in other words, in a way you will receive a manifestation of the blessing. I, I shared this word about inheritance. And our friend Lenny Harlow, a watchman in Washington, D.C., she's from the great nation of Texas. She heard this word about inheritance, and so she went to the Lord and cried out for the inheritance that she knew was squandered by her, her dad. Her, her grandfather left her like 
you know, this huge, vast swath of land in Texas. And she knew that her dad had sold it off to pay some debts that he had accumulated, and it never went to her. And then within a week of her crying out to the Lord and asking God to restore, to give a verdict of justice, of restoration, this energy company calls her up and says, hey, we'd like to build oil wells on your land. She's, I, I don't have oil wells on the land. Well, there's a title deed that says that you do. And they checked into it and discovered this grandpa had tucked away some land that nobody in the family knew about and get, put it in Lenny's name just in case her dad squandered some land. And she had an inheritance she had no idea was even hers. It's bringing her perpetual wealth right now. So, look, if you guys want to, you know, go early to... Culver's ice cream or whatever before they close, feel free. But if you want your inheritance, lock in with me for a little bit, okay? Don't you go to Culver's. <laughs> so in this prophetic experience... How many of you know the book of Revelation talks about the sea of glass mingled with fire before God's throne? I was shooting up through the sea of glass. And my head thrust above the surface of the sea of glass, which reflects God's glory night and day. And I looked at Jesus Christ on his throne. I saw the king. I saw the Lord seated on his throne. And I had a similar experience to Isaiah. I, I was undone. I literally ducked my head back under the sea of glass out of fear of what I was seeing. I just ducked under. You know, it's a little kid. Felt like a little kid ducking. Yeah, anyway. But what I saw was awesome. It was fearful. I saw him as the king. And when you really see the Lord in his majesty, he's, he's about to unveil his majesty in a way we can barely comprehend. There's an anointing of holy conviction that accompanies this. It can't be manufactured. The holiness of God is going to be restored to the church. And I believe even to this church in Sarasota, the Lord, and in Florida, the Lord has his eyes on restoring the majesty and holiness and awe of God in the midst of his people. I finally got the courage to look again. And this time, Jesus was seated at a table. Jesus, as king, was seated at the table of the Lord. I want you to see this picture. The man, God-man, who literally came before heaven's court and presented his own body and blood on the table of the Lord for examination if there was any fault in this body, if there was any sin in the body, if there was any magnification of sin in the blood, it would have had evidence before heaven's court that invalidated even the cross. 
Heaven's court received the body and blood of Jesus as evidence, scrutinized it, decided that it was a perfect slain lamb, that he was, that he was perfect, he'd never sinned, he, he was spotless. He lived his life literally to give us an inheritance. And that inheritance above everything else is eternal life. Spotless lamb's body and blood placed on the table of the Lord. It is that table that we access every time we receive communion. We receive of his body and blood. And it testifies of the verdict of justice in favor of the saints that cost him everything. Jesus was seated at the table of the Lord. And all around him were crumpled up pieces of paper. Mountains of crumpled up pieces of paper on this table. And I knew that these crumpled up pieces of paper represented three things. Invitations that God had given people to know him or to enter into a deeper level of communion with him. Number one, invitations. Number two, commissionings, where people were called by God into specific service, whether it's in the fivefold ministry pulpit-wise or fivefold ministry in business or whatever. It was a calling that God invited people to embrace. And they, instead of embracing it, Tossed it aside, crumpled it up and tossed it aside. Or, in some cases, their leaders, before it could even get to them, took that piece of paper, either out of intimidation or they couldn't see what God saw in a person, they threw it in the garbage before it could even be read. The other category of crumpled up pieces of paper were title deeds and inheritances. As I continued to watch, I saw the Lord take a crumpled up piece of paper and he put it in the sea of glass, from the table of his redemption. God became the great trash collector of the universe, going behind his body, going behind his bride, and collecting all the unfulfilled uh, invitations, all the unfulfilled commissionings, all the unfulfilled inheritances that his body rejected. And he gathered them at the table of the Lord. And then he took one of these thrown away pieces of paper and he put them in the sea of glass. And the the, the scroll was redeemed. How many of you know you're living scrolls read by all men? The scroll literally began to open up under the sea of glass. Smudged print became reconstituted. 
You could read it again like it was clearer now than it was before. And it was released back into the earth many times to the very people that initially rejected it. As God decided to redeem the times on their behalf. I'm going to tell you the first scroll you were praying, Mark, scrolls of destiny during. That's why I knew I needed to share this. first scroll I saw, the first crumpled up piece of paper that got reconstituted in the sea of glass and re-released was the Mayflower Compact, America's covenant with God. A year and a half later, I had the crazy invitation by Kevin and Michelle Bachman on November 11th, the anniversary of the signing of the Mayflower Compact, to literally write a revised version of the Mayflower Compact for today. You, you can't make this stuff up. And I'm going to tell you, the Lord is redeeming your Kairos times and your Kronos times. He's opening up windows of opportunity. He is re-releasing to you opportunities that you initially said no to, maybe because you felt unworthy to say yes, maybe because it seemed to cost too much. I know Brian and Brent, they exemplify this. They, they, they were here in Sarasota for a while and then felt like God was calling them on to Dallas, Texas, and things were okay there, but they knew that they had to get back to Sarasota. And it was just like the Lord re-released the title deed to Sarasota to Brian and Brent. He re-released the commissioning and the invitation to Brian and Brent and said, I'm going to establish a throne of glory here. Would you like to take part in it? Yes, sir, I would. I'm really excited about it too. And Brian and Brent came and they gave their lives to this thing. And they are a mother and father to this city and now to the nation as well but especially to this house. So they are your forerunners in this. Stand to your feet. I feel like the Lord wants to reissue from the throne of God scrolls of destiny for you. I want you to take just a moment and ask the Lord to forgive you for any times in which the Lord called you, invited you to come away with him and you kind of took a step backwards. Any time you feel like you missed an opportunity that the Lord was opening for you, and maybe somebody else shut the door, maybe it wasn't even you who said no. But for whatever reason, this piece of paper ended up crumpled up and you thought you'd never see it again. 
I'm telling you, you're not too old. Moses was 80 years ago, years old when he stepped into his destiny. Joshua and Caleb were 80 years old when they stepped into their destiny and possessed their inheritance. You're not too young either. Your yes is like Jeremiah's yes. Hey, I'm only a kid. Yep, I'm going to put my words in your mouth anyway. You're going to prophesy, and the nation's going to shift. And you're going to know me like few others have known me. You're not too old. You're not too young. There is nothing that disqualifies you because the blood of Jesus Christ has already paid for your sin. All you've got to do is repent and return. And your sins are washed away. And then the Lord opens up Kairos windows of opportunity for the blowing again of the breath of God, the restoration of his grace and wind in your life. Provision will be there. Strength will be there. The healing will be there. He's restoring his dream for your life at your invitation. Maybe you've had a half-hearted covenant with them. Just take a few moments now and give yourself fully to him. Realign with his heart for you. Realign with his word for you. Realign with his covenant with you. This is between you and God, and I'm going to shut up for a little bit. Restore your innocence. Restore your heart. I believe that this invitation is even being extended to the city of Sarasota to step into something that was prevented from coming and the Sun Coast. I'm going to just say the entire Sun Coast. Some move of God, some glory train movement, if you will, that, that uh, 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 seemed to get stopped and it just kind of rolled back instead of flowing through. The Lord is saying the gates are now open. Just welcome him in. And he's going to restore and redeem the times for you. He's going to redeem the Kairos times and the Kronos times for you. Even the city of Sarasota, even Clearwater. Let's just throw Tampa into it and Largo into it. Because that's where we ministered a couple nights ago. Let's just throw uh, uh, Fort Myer into it. And why don't we just put Naples in there too. God's focus, his eyes are on the Sun Coast right now. Are you ready? Come, Holy Spirit. Let's welcome the Lord to come. Come, Holy Spirit! Come, glory of God, come! Whoa. Yeah, there we are. 
Wow. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you. I'm telling you, scrolls are, are, are literally being released from heaven right now. Some of you can just reach up and grab them. Lord, release your scrolls all across this building. Release your scrolls, the redeemed, reconstituted scrolls of destiny for each person's life. Where they are saying, yes, release it, Lord. Release a double portion, Lord. Get, let it be that the days of the latter house are better than the days of the former house. The latter glory better than the former glory. You've got something. Hope deferred might make the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Some desires been long dormant that are rising in you again. Now come forth in Jesus' name. Scrolls. It's a title deed. It's right there. Take it.
Evan and Donna, would you come up as well? Just come on up here. I believe God is commissioning a new day for Sarasota. And I just feel like you and Bran and Kevin and Donna are such catalysts of this. Would you just join together here? Jolene, come on up, please. Yeah, I just want to apologize that my wife's not in the room right now. She's serving our kids' church. We're trying to develop leadership. So I'm receiving this for my wife, too. I want you to know that. that Josiah just turned 21. Josiah, the one who took the key of David, was set in the throne of David and brought reformation to his nation and reformation to his city. 21, 777, that's three covenants. Seven is a number of covenant. 21 and 21. And, and the Lord is giving you three covenants that he is uh, uh, responding to you in. You have asked the Lord for three very specific directives. And, and, and he's coming through in a way where you're going to have clarity on those directives. You're even going to have clarity on the covenants that will define your future. Stepping into a time of desired fulfilled. God's going to open a way. Whenever he comes into covenant with you over something, he releases his angels to partner with you and to bring you forward and advance you. And God is coming. He's literally, as the glory train has come, to take you from where you are to where you want to be and where he wants you to be. And your eyes are going to see him. Your eyes are going to see him too. There's a scribe anointing, a, a, literally an anointing to sing songs and anointing to write songs. You may not even be aware of that yet, but you're going to see that. This is for many of you too. There's an anthem coming forth from Sarasota that's going to shift the nation. You have a healing anointing that's been stopped up and the Lord's had you really press even in some personal issues for healing but literally he's unlocking a fountain of healing and it's going to bring a perpetual flow of healing to his people. God for the Eliakim leadership, the Hilkiah leadership that the Lord has entrusted to Sarasota. It is a new day for Sarasota. You're crossing the threshold tonight into a new season. A breakthrough highway of glory is being paved right now. Honey, just go ahead and pray and
as if you're going to be, thank you, Brian. It's as if you're going to be before the sea of glass and you're going to see him and you're going to know him. It's a time before his throne that you've been dreaming of and it's going to be exhilarating and he's going to give you just revelation like Isaiah experienced him. You're going to experience him in this season. It's a season of visitation for you. Father, thank you that you're making them younger. You're making them younger, younger to run with fire for this strategic new season of their life.
can we just take a seat for a moment? Just for a moment, and then we'll, we'll release you soon. You okay, Kevin? You all right? Stay with Donna, too. Just help her. Jeff, you'll help her, too. Make sure she gets up well. If I could just ask you to, Cody, if you'll bring your keys down for just a touch, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate your sensitivity. Can I speak to you for maybe two minutes? And please look this way. I want to help us. I want to help us. The Lord has written you into an extraordinary story for His glory. You, 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 you. We are a family. We are a tribe. We are a pride of lions and lioness. We are a pride of lions. We are a tribe, a family. God has written every one of us into the story. Please seek Him. Seek Him. Seek Him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. For your part, what He desires to do and use you in this hour, there is something extraordinary coming from the heart of God to our region and we're a part of it you're a part of it we're going to do this together we're going to do this together it's time and there's something really special the kiss of God just an extraordinary kiss of God that he wants to do to use us with Washington D.C. as well we're not presumptuous to think that we fully understand it. We don't. When we stand in our place of intercession here, we pray a firewall on Ron DeSantis and Casey DeSantis and their family and this administration. But we pray over the leaders of our state. I'm telling you, y'all are faithful watchmen on the wall with me and Brent. Y'all are you're faithful, faithful in the house of God. Some of you are pillars, pillars in the house of God burning faithful something is being released special this link between DC for us it, it, for us the last 26 years now of ministry it's only been the last six years of ministry that God just opened up the gates to Washington DC for us in fact when I was 20 years old when I left Lakeland, Florida and became Rodney Howard Brown's personal assistant. The very first city we went to was Washington, D.C. And I, I remember he came into the staff and he told us I've been asked to speak at the Pentagon. We were absolutely floored. We were stunned. We went in. It was a cold February morning, 1994. I was the only individual that was allowed to sit on the stage as Rodney stood behind the podium in that large gathering room. You probably know the room there in the, in the Pentagon where it's, it's a large room where they gather. And he spoke a word that morning that God loves America. Rodney was very humble. I mean, he was very humble. You know Rodney. I, Rodney, I called, when I used to serve Rodney, I called him the chainsaw. 
That was his WWF wrestling name. Because when you fire up a chainsaw, the chips just fly wherever they want to. Do you understand what I mean? The chainsaw. He was not a chainsaw when he went into the, the Pentagon. He was very humble. He was very broken. He was small. It was beautiful. He was small. And he began to declare that morning, February 1994, the coming outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And I had an encounter with the Lord sitting on that stage. I had a vision from the Lord. I'm not going to try to go there tonight. We've been here a long time. All these years later, that was 1994. Here we are, the last 26 years, Brent, of our ministry. Now the last six years, these last six years, something extraordinary has really shifted. There's something happening, guys, with our tribe and our family that's going to be very special. And we're just going to walk in our destiny. We, when I say we, I'm not talking about me and my wife. I'm talking about we, you and I. We're going to walk in our destiny and our purpose. We're going to, we're going to just see God do this. And we're going to give him all the glory for it. Amen. We're going to give him all the glory. Guys, the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit beyond anything we could ever conceptually imagine is upon the United States of America. Don't let the, the enemy dupe you and stay in virtual reality thinking anything else. The greatest outpouring is coming to America. Tonight we gave... We received an offering for this great ministry. I love you both. I'm so thankful you're here. Brennan, I love you, honey. Thank you for coming into the room tonight, too. I love you. I honor you, John, Jolene. Come on. Come on. I want to say a few words. Those of you that are... Those of you that are watching online, I, I want to tell you, I want to give you the opportunity to give. You can give at victoryfla.com. You can give right on our app. If you've downloaded our app, you can give. If you're in here tonight, you can give by victoryfla.com. Maybe you weren't prepared to give. We've, we've written them a generous check tonight, and everything far and above over that that will come in will be immediately released to them, 100% of it. And that's just how we roll. Amen. Listen, I, I love you. I bless you. Can our, can our prayer team just ready themselves? Can, you, know, you know who you are. And I want our prayer team to come and join me in the altars. We're going to release in about 30 seconds. And if you need prayer for any reason, you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire tonight, you need to come. You need a fresh anointing tonight. You need to come. If you need a miracle or a healing, you need to come. I want our prayer team to go ahead and come. Grab your breath mints. You know what to do. You just... Come on, let's get ready. Let's get ready to flow. And listen, if you need to be released tonight, Frank, Brenda, the Lord just keeps really highlighting you to me tonight. Man, there's a special reason that you're here. There's a very, very special reason that you're here. I want to discover it with you guys. I want you to discover it and rejoice in it and celebrate it. I, I just see God's celebration over Brenda and Frank. I just see the celebration of the Lord upon you guys. Something very sweet is about to happen. 
Something very sweet is about to happen from God. God's going to kiss you. Maybe you have an inheritance that you don't even know about. That'll be released. Hallelujah. It's been a powerful night, hasn't it? Thank you all for coming. If you desire prayer, we're going to go ahead and release you to come to the altar now. If you want to be dismissed, let me give you a formal benediction. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We love you guys. That was powerful, wasn't it? Did you feel that? I don't know what you felt, but I, you felt it. Listen, we, we really love you guys. We bless you. Have a miracle week. Good night. Good night, everybody online.